Welcome to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast, presented by Zenium HR. I'm your host, Brandon Laws. Whether you're an HR professional or a small business leader, each episode of this podcast is designed to bring you the latest in technical HR and leadership at your convenience. More content is available on our website at www.zeniumhr.com. Let's dive into today's topic. Hey, Brandon here. Welcome back for another episode. Thanks for all the support lately, Apple Podcast reviews, survey responses, all that. It, it is all great for us and it really helps shape our future content and helps people like you find the podcast as well. So keep doing that. Would really appreciate any star ratings or written reviews that you can give us. So for today's episode, I have a discussion with Lane Hensley. He's the co-founder and COO of Odyssey Teams, and they're doing some really great work with businesses to build their teams, do philanthropic work, and I think you're just really going to love what Lane has to say. So I, without spoiling too much of the episode, here is the discussion with Lane. Hey, Lane, it's so great to have you in the podcast. Welcome. Hey, thanks a lot. It's great to have a chance to talk with you. Yeah, so your business is Odyssey Teams. You're doing really, really great work uh, in the corporate social responsibility space. How did you get into this work? You know, it's one of those things where if you're just present enough, kind of have the blinders off and follow the, the opportunities that present, you might find yourself in a place where you hadn't planned on. Uh, originally, we started as an experiential training company, um, traveling around, doing different workshops and integrating activities. And uh, after about 10 or 15 years, we started in 1993. 10 or 15 years, we thought, you know, we're putting a lot of time and energy working with teams, you know, having them do activities. Let's have them build something mm. that we can give away as our, as our challenge. And uh, we sort of just stumbled into that out of our own passions to give back to our communities. And once we discovered philanthropy as part of our activities and part of our content, we knew we'd stumbled into something that was just a whole invigorating phase to learning and development and into teamwork and all that stuff. How long ago did you start the business? So it was 1992, 93 kind of thing, just getting out of college. My business partner had been doing the same thing for other companies. And, you know, it was just like, hey, this is what we're good at. Uh, my degree was in, rec- in uh, recreation and in human resource management. Hmm. So I thought, okay, I want to help hmm. people in companies. And, and recreation, the word recreation means to recreate anew. So we thought, okay, how do we recreate anew some of the filters people have, some of the experiences they have in work? Watching my dad struggle through his business my whole life and some of the challenges that he would bring home, I thought, hey, this is this is where I want to be, um, and it just worked out perfectly. When you're you're obviously working with organizations on the on the team building side, and and whether you're taking them somewhere uh, and developing the activities and giving back to the community, what sort of organizations are you working with? Industry size, any anything like that you want to share? 
Yeah, boy, it's just all over the map. Um, headed to India to work with Microsoft over there. I've done Microsoft stuff for all the new hires there for the last five or six years and their Microsoft Academy of College hires to local dentist office here in Chico, California, where I live, to regional banks, to a lot of like the Genentechs and Abbott's mm-hmm. and a lot of the pharmaceutical companies when they go through mergers, you know, looking at culture and looking at integration of sort of resetting that emotional memory like hey yes maybe you're not a fan that this merger happened but let's stay focused on the patient let's stay focused on what we call the business of giving we you know that manifests into the giving of these different things we build during our sessions but we think every company is in the business of giving when you really filter it down and if we can always think about what are we giving to our customer or our patients or to our community then that inspires us, and an inspired worker is a better worker. When I asked that question, I, I think I sort of knew the answer, uh, and I just wanted to hear it from your <laughs> mouth because I kind of feel like this is what people want from work right now, and they're ch- and people are probably choosing employers based on their level of corporate social responsibility. Do you agree with that? There's definitely that, and I listened to one of your podcasts about you know attracting the right people. Is it about the skills of them or how they fit mm-hmm. into the culture? And culture is so important and attracting people to that culture. If you want some of the best, most compassionate, most motivated people, they're definitely going to be looking at, okay, yeah, I I got a job. What am I going to get paid? You know, where do I live? Can I move? Blah, blah, blah. But at some point, they're like, how do I feel at the end of the day? Do I feel like I made the world better? Do I feel like I'm fulfilling this sort of dream I had when I was in college or high school of like, someday I'll have a job and I'll make the world a better place, you know? And I think people get the sort of shiny, like, oh, I'll join the Peace Corps. Oh, I'll, you know, uh, maybe I could do some nonprofit work. And I think more and more than ever, people feel that, you know, there's degrees designed around that. I mean, everything, but at some point people need a job and they want both. They want to feel like you have a good job. It's a company that does something good for the world. And hey, look what they do out of their profits. Look what they do. And not only what, look what they do, like, oh, good, you know, my company wrote a big check to someplace in Africa, which is great. But the more I'm like, hey, my company wrote a check and we got to build a bunch of, like in our site, we got to build a bunch of prosthetic hands that are going to Africa. And my picture's in with one of those. Oh, man, it's personal. So the more personal, it feels to be a part of a company, bigger or small, the better. And I think you're right. People are shopping for that. You said something in your TEDx talk. Uh, it was about two minutes in, and it was so subtle, but I caught it and I, I, I jumped out the or jumped out at me from an audio standpoint. So you said, and I think you were referring to the audience and you speaking, but you said something to the effect of, "How do we make our time together really meaningful?" Uh, and you're just talking about the audience, like listening to you and, and coming together. And you said, like, we're going to leave here and we're going to make the world a better place. Maybe like sharing ideas or disrupting something to where we're going to change the world. And I, you know, I wish everybody thought about organizations that way because we're together in this moment. We're doing something, whether it's business oriented or as a nonprofit, we're, ch- we're changing the world in some way are we but are we making it a better place and are we doing good that's what gets me up all the time and you know when we're talking about this you know i run our company you know i know a lot of your audience are small businesses i have 20 to 30 employees for the last you know 24 25 years and when i think about the ups and downs of our culture and people i've hired and people i've had to fire and the uh, woes and all of that even in my company you know and i think about even having this interview today and being on your podcast like 
okay, I go, oh, I got an appointment in my calendar. I'm going to do a podcast, talk about what I've been doing with my life. It, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't inspire me. When I think about somebody out there is in their company and they're, they're hurting, they're, 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 they have complicated relationships. They can't figure out how to reset. Like I said, recreate a new. There's a, a loss in the value of the customer. There's a millennial, you know, old timer conflict going on. All those things. And then when I wake up today and go, hey, I, I get to talk to Brandon today about about something that I'm so passionate about. Maybe there's somebody out there who's going to save uh, somebody's job in their company or improve their culture or you know what we call in my TED talks about disruption. It's like how do we and before our programs, we always say, instead of saying, knock them dead, we say, knock them alive. Like, how do you knock people alive out of some sort of pattern that's going on to pause and think deeply about the impact we're having on the world, impact we're having on the people around us? And it can feel like it happens slow over years, but man, time is just flying. And the seeds I planted years ago are now growing into these relationships and this impact in my community and the world that I didn't dream was possible in the moment. And like you said, like how do we wake people up that what we're doing right now really does have great impact um, and will be a part of the fruits of our labor that we're going to see in years to come. Yeah, and uh, so I was going to ask you, like, how do you make this shift so people start thinking this way? And it sounds like it's just you know, making a decision and one, you know, one step at a time, because you said you planted seeds and then you're seeing all the fruits of your labor. Now, how do you get people to, to see that way? Yeah, well, there's, it's a complicated thing when it comes to, you know, getting people to see the moment. And we say, you know, don't sacrifice what you want most for what you want in the moment. And it's through content and thoughts like that. And then in activity, and then time for reflection. That's what we think is this sort of secret three formula. We give people something to think about, something to do, and then something to feel. And when we put those three things in combination, it, it causes them to pause for a moment and then apply the knowledge of that. Um, and I think it's through sincere reflection. Our company name is Odyssey, right? So an odyssey to us is a journey marked with notable occurrences. And all of us are on a life odyssey. We're on a business odyssey. We're on a career odyssey. We're on a relationship odyssey with a customer or whatever. But there's a few moments that stand out. And those are those guiding moments that impact us when the pressure's on and tensions are high and the credit line is maxed or whatever's going on. And we think back to something a coach said to us years ago or a teacher said or a parent said, and that resets us. And our job at Odyssey is to create those notable occurrences in the structured experience for them to then reset and be able to apply those, those lessons in a real-time situation. And we use philanthropy as that awakening tool. As much as any company uses like their best customer experience to like everybody remember when you know this happened for the customer uh and maybe a few do but not everybody so that's what we're trying to do is create those notable occurrences lane talk about the impacts on the culture so you you maybe have teams working together uh community involvement giving back to the community what sort of things and maybe you have some specific stories what sort of things come as a result of that culture I think, you know, picture the culture in high school, right, or in, in school. So you show up to school and you're like a kindergarten, you're all excited. Like, and, and I talk a little about this in the, my TED thing, you know. And that's the culture of like, I'm going to participate. I'm going to contribute like a new hire in a company. Like, oh, I'm so excited to have this job. And then, you know, the way our brain works, you know, it filters 
uh, information. It sees the world, and when in doubt, it says danger. And if we take a risk and something bad happens next, we take less risk and less and less. So there's this evolution, even in good cultures, where if we don't maintain it, it it goes to negative, right? When in doubt, danger. So when we when we have a culture that's that's hurting and the mood is down or we've just somehow ended up someplace, you know, that our value statements don't, you know, send us toward, but we end up there. So we have times where, you know, again, if we can reset that culture and when people feel good, they perform better and it feels good to do good and it feels good to have the company invest into you a little bit or a lot. And then when that feeling of the company's investing in me, it's bridged with then seeing the impact of lives we're changing, maybe the customers we work with, or maybe we've built a bicycle and given it to kids, or we served at the local soup kitchen, or we, you know, did something that we felt the connective sort of why of the work. And that's, you know, Simon Sinek's, you know, start with why. And we bring a statement like that to life in an experience to then take the culture back to where it normally wants to be without all the fear or without, you know, what we call as MSU where people have just made stuff up, you know, and the lack of information and it leans toward negative. So we got to reset those things through some sort of experience. And if there's emotion attached to it, then we know our memory is linked to emotion. So boom, that's good. We want some kind of emotion. That's those notable occurrences. They're tied to emotion. So I would look around my company and go, what's the emotional memory right now? What's the mood? What are the notable occurrences that have led us there, that have moved us away from the culture I want to have? And what's the investment we've got to make today to start shifting that culture away from what happens by chance and onto what we need to create by on purpose? What are some really creative experiences that you've you've helped uh, create where maybe a culture wasn't doing so great and then and then you created some sort of experience and it just transformed the people inside the organization? Yeah, you, uh, I, we worked with uh, and we still have some relationships there with Gallo and Gallo Glass. And years ago, when uh, they first called us, they were like, "Hey, we've got these people who have come from you know I was pushing a broom to now I'm a manager." And now, you know, we have people that we hired right out of MBAs and they are come into the glass manufacturing business and they, they just they don't know the business. So when we got called to do those those different retreats with them, it was about how do we unite these this gap between the people who pushed a broom all the way to leadership and the kids who, you know, got the education and they end up leadership. And when you bring people together through you know, like I said, something to think about, something to do and something to feel. And you get down to the humanity of people. We all want to contribute. We all have reflexive patterns that can get in the way of us building relationship with people at work that we don't connect with naturally. And investing a little time into each other. And it became transformational. Like literally we worked with them collectively over year after year after year, maybe once or twice a year. And you'd have these you know, where you would picture this manufacturing, you know, I'm working around making glass kind of people and, you know, well, team building, you know, and, oh, I don't want to go on this retreat. Literally, they texted me like, hey, when's the next time we get to see wow. you? You know, wow. when do we get to do another one of those offsites? That was so cool. And the variety of things, we did a multi-day where we'd do a ropes course and things like that. And then we would do our give back activities where we'd build bikes and the kids would come in and represent the customer and we would build the hands. And then we got really creative, the deeper we get in the menu, we did like a sailing thing. And then we would meet with kids and talk about leadership and direction and how important the wind is. And, and just, 
the menu just starts getting deeper and deeper the more rounds we take with clients, but always following that, you know, give them something to think about, something to do, something to feel, and more importantly, connect that feeling to the business of giving, whether that's through philanthropy or through giving our best to each other, giving somebody the benefit of the doubt, or giving a better product to our customers. That's been, and you know, for 24 years or so, we've been working with the UCLA MBA students. And in the very beginning of that work, you know, you're getting your MBA, you got your blinders on, I'm a full employee, and pff, I got to blaze through this thing. And they were missing out on the depth of relationships that they could have with the people that are side by side in the program with them, suffering with a lot of the same challenges of juggling family and life and all that stuff, and giving them a time to stop pause and really be deliberate about the relationships they're creating and the reflexes they're developing. I'm shocked at how robust that retreat sounds like. And I'm sure everything's a little different. Like you probably structured a lot different, but how do, how, how do companies even start with something like this building either a, uh, a schedule like that where you have fun activities, but you're also giving back to the community. How do you start uh, some sort of corporate social responsibility program? Like, what do you see companies do when they like they haven't done anything like this? Yeah, well, let's picture it like um, you know you get hungry, so you think I'm going to go have a meal, mm-hmm. right? So we know companies and groups are hungry to feel good about the team they're on, the work they do, and the Absolutely. impact they have on their community. So we know they're hungry. Okay, so let's say I decide I want to have a steak. Well, you can, you can uh, microwave a steak and, and consume it, and you're full. So we, hey, if you're in a hurry and you want a steak, that works. So we have, like, we've created, and there's other options out there, we created these little kits where you can just buy 10 of our prosthetic hands that need to be built. If you have 30 people in your company, bam, I can just buy this kit. It's going to take us an hour and a half to build the hands. We watch a video of the hands being used around the world, and everybody's like, holy cow, that's amazing. We just built 10 hands, and we're going to send these back to the foundation, and they're going to impact the world, and maybe we'll get pictures. So in a couple hours, you've microwaved the steak, and then as a company, you integrate that sort of whatever, you know, sort of, you know, uh, appetizers you want to put around that into, into the value you see from that experience. And then we do, you know, the two day and the full day. And, you know, that's not the micro, that's the slow cooked aged steak with appetizers and, a, you know, a drink beforehand and, and the ambiance and the music. So it just depends on, we know we're hungry. We know we got to fill the gap and however much time you have and how much you want on that return on investment, we know we can microwave it. You can have the steak and it, it's awesome. And we know also that if you have more impact you want to have, then add a little more time to that. And it just gets better. What's your favorite story of an organization sort of getting con- involved in the community? It's it's such a tr- just absolute tried and true one, but we've been lucky enough to work a lot with Microsoft. And, you know, there's a huge company, and we've also been lucky enough to work with just a small company here in Chico. There's a dental office. And both of them were really experiencing a lot of fast growth, recognizing, hey, we our culture is moving maybe away from valuing our customer the way we need to. And in the beginning, it was all really heady stuff like, okay, we got to talk about the 75 values and the steps Mm -hmm. to serving our customers. And we got to architect this whole thing and make sure. And and ultimately now after four or five years together, it's like we have to be present enough to listen to our customer, to feel the impact of our cultures, and to see what, see that we're really in the business of giving and just 
honestly, I like, sometimes I say we're on the cutting edge of common sense. And, but common sense in pressure environments goes out the window almost and goes to reflex, like in sports. You know, if you don't have good athletic, really intense practices, then when the, when the game happens and the pressure is on, you go back to reflex. And the, the impact and the evolution I've seen in Microsoft from their culture, and I'm, I'm sure lots of people have seen that they've really become more of a heart and soul company mm-hmm. than just a you know, technology yeah. and you know, X's and O's company. Um, and we see that locally here. We did a bunch of stuff with a local bank here. And in banking, there's a lot of pressure. You got to make sales in your frontline person and you're at the front window and bam, bam, make sure you talk about our, invest- you know, but if, if the customer and the, if the employee isn't present enough to really get at the core, I'm trying to help this person. Um, and we've done that with the company here called Tri-Counties Bank. It's just been amazing, the transformation in their culture um, and really getting back to that customer connection. What are employees saying about things like these that they get involved in? Some of the favorite things, and I've traveled around the world in thousands of groups and all this stuff, and so there's a few notable occurrences for me. And one of them is with Schwab, and we were doing this thing called Knowledge Quest. And when you do a workshop with 50 or 100 people or 25 people, and I don't know the history of these relationships and all that stuff, but when the, the sort of old-timer of the group puts his hand up, stands up and says, I got to tell you, this is the most profound thing we've ever done. Hmm. I've never been more excited to work here, and I'm reinvigorated. You know, I was counting the the months to my retirement, and now wow, I yeah. love working. I, I'm reminded why I work here. And sometimes Cheeseburger Deluxe, they'll look across the room and they'll go, "And Sally, I got to tell you, and Tom, I got to tell you, I'm sorry it's been so hard to work with me." I get, and I'm sitting there looking at the kind of going. Uh, did we just see an alien land? Like, uh, like I have a feeling this is like something no one would believe is possible. And I think when you remind people that, you know, it, it is about something bigger than us. Maybe we're not so far off of the path of our life that we thought we were an hour earlier. And we say, you know, some of our programs only last a few hours, but we're told they last a lifetime. And I see that every day, every time I'm with a group. Um, and that's pretty powerful. And it's not always what I said, because if I say something great, awesome. Mm, I, yeah, I hear that. I understand that intellectually. But when it's connected to that emotional memory and that personal impact they feel because of what they did, then they thank each other and not me. It was like the framework of your TEDx talk was, was genius. It was all about disruption, right? We get set in our ways. We become, you know, emotional human beings. We get, you know, grouchy at work, whatever it may be. We're just, just life happens. And you sometimes need that jolt. You need, you know, in, in this case and the work that you're doing, it's the reset. It's a, it's a bringing people back together. Why are we even doing this? Why are we doing this in the first place? And it, it is a reset. It's a jolt. And people could probably get back on the path of figuring out why they're there in the first place, right? Absolutely. You know, f- feedback is one of the most powerful to- tools to us growing and learning, right? And, but feedback is so hard to take. And we all have this sort of glacial shift toward, you know, we, we look at our parents and go, oh, I don't want to grow up and be that grumpy guy who, you know, goes to work and, you know, doesn't have time to go to my soccer game. And someday we, look, we wake up, we look in the mirror and we're like, oh my gosh, I've become exactly what I did. <laughs> and we think, well, how did this happen? You know, I've become the leader of my company and I'm stressed out and I walk through the door and I see one thing that I'm focused on and I... I, I quickly, I'm short with a, one of my team members and I go in my office, I close the door. 
And like, what happened, you know, to the day I started this business or I dreamt that I could have employees that I would have like a mission statement and they would be happy to see me. So how do we you know, stop everybody at the same time and create that sort of you know, rising tide lifts all ships and realign to like the why of us being a team? Uh, and, and, but of course, it's challenging and it needs maintenance. You know, it's it's a shot in the arm blended with the, the, the sort of reset that those relationships can have. And then but it becomes a part of the way that they talk to each other when we use some of the tools. If somebody's listening to this and they're like, yes, I, I feel our organization's feeling this. We got people feeling this. What What is like a good first step for them to take? Yeah, it, it's going to be hard for me to answer that without going, hey, here's what we do. And yeah. I don't want this no, to say totally like, hey, fine. you should buy our stuff. No, you're doing some you know, because work. So I think, it's, I think it's valuable to, to say exactly if, that. If there's a, you know, we're in California with people all over the country, but not everywhere. So if you're, if you're a small business in Omaha, and you think, well, I want to incorporate philanthropy into into our team because the mood is down and we just haven't done anything together. Then it's really easy to just look and go, okay, what's going on at my Boys and Girls Club? What business are we in? Hey, we're in the business of making, you know, whatever widget you're making or some kind of service and go, hey, how could we use this service and bring value to some community, some small group in our community that has need and we'll do it for free. Uh, and just reach out to your local community and go, cool, let's go to the soup kitchen, let's serve for a day, or, and let's look at how we serve each other, and give it a word, pick a word like that. Uh, and you know, the same group that's in Omaha, wherever they are, to go, hey, I heard this podcast, and these guys build hands, what's that like? And you could go to our website and go, cool, we're going to buy 10 of these hands, and let's, let's do this at our yearly offsite. Let's do this at our Christmas party. Let's do this at our you know, summer retreat. Um, and it, you know, sort of like you know, somebody who's a terrible cook, you know, you can go online now and go, oh, cool, I'll download this meal and all I have to do is, you know, assemble it and I'll look like I'm a chef to my family. You know, same thing. We, you just order uh, this kit and uh, you're going to look like a philanthropic genius to your team. Uh, and once I think you, you get it and you experience it, then other opportunities, whether through a company like ours that provide these sort of bag salad solutions or will come in and deliver it live for you, or you'll just look around and go, hey, it, we know that it really feels good to do good. How can we blend whatever training content we want to deliver with some kind of experience that tests those skills, brings those skills to life, and reminds everybody that we ultimately are in the business of giving, whether it was giving to a homeless person that doesn't have a meal or giving to some kids or giving to you go to an elderly community thing and, and do some reading or just sitting and being present with an elderly person. And if everybody does it together, then everybody has that same emotional reset at the same time, and bam, the mood starts shifting. And if we can sustain that trajectory over time, we end up in a totally new place. Lane, I absolutely love the work that you're doing, and I'm so glad that you came on and that I could get the word out. What else do you want to say about this? Uh, any Anything that you want to point people to about your work, about your company, anything like that before we go? You know, I think that what I'd really want to just send out there is that everybody who's listening, even if you feel a sense of I'm on the wrong path, have confidence that whatever path you've been on to this moment has all, it's going to all have some value to what you do next if you apply those learnings. And me personally, I had cancer four years ago. Here I am, a motivational speaker, public speaker, and I wake up and one day I have tonsil cancer. I might not even be able to talk. Unreal. And I look around my life and I thought, what's happened? And it stopped me. 
And four months later, I'm done with radiation. I've got a clear bill of health. I've had this radical neck dissection. I looked around my company and thought, how did I get here? And I had to, I had to make dramatic changes. I moved our business. I, I had to hire and fire some new people and let go of some old relationships. And it was, it was brutal. But if you don't stop yourself, the world's going to stop you. Your business is going to stop you. And if you don't take an honest look at the current state of you and not judge it as good or bad, but think this is the current state of where we are, what's the move that's right in front of me? And just make that move with courage. And it, that, that, is, that was liberating to me, to not what we call should on myself. Like I should have done this, I should have done that. And just think this is where I am. How can I leverage all of this experience to, to equal something great for me and my company? Um, and we love philanthropy as a part of that awakening of disrupting people's experience. And when it's a surprise to your participants, bam, it's even better. You know, so that, that's, that's our formula. And that's why I'm super thankful to get to share the story today with you for sure. I love it. Where can people find you, Lane? You know, obviously the website, odysseyteams.com, O-D-Y-S-S-E-Y teams. You can look up uh, um, buildahand.com. That's really directs you to us. Um, you'll Google me, you'll find all kinds of stuff. I've been on lots of media and all that stuff. I've been on a book tour for 27 years with no book. So someday that'll come out, but there's lots of stuff out it. there on Yeah, you've got to write a book. You've got, you got a great story, so you've got to write a book. It's we got a, at least 100 pages done, and it's just it needs to get done. There's yeah. perfect books, and there's finished books, and i got to move more toward the finished book than the perfect book, so it's time to tell it. Lane, it was a pleasure having you on the podcast. Keep up the awesome work, and I hope to check in with you soon. Hey, thank you so much, and keep up the good work yourself. I'm definitely a fan. Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our blog at www.zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership. The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, and created and owned by Zenium Resources, Inc. For more information or to contact us, visit www.zeniumhr.com.